0: I love singing these songs because it's just a healthy reminder to our soul, right? How many of us know that music speaks to your soul? Music is God-ordained instruments that speak where words are inadequate. How many of you like classical music? I enjoy classical music, and it just speaks. There's no words. You can feel calmness. You can feel uh, tranquility. You can feel even excitement. Rick, he's a drummer man. Music speaks to him. Those drums and those symbols. He praises God with that. And uh, man, I enjoy our time where we get to express our love for God and God expressing His love to you through music together. It's an important part of why we do what we do. Alfred, oh my goodness, brother Alfred Morello, it is a privilege and honor to have you here with us today. Alfred Murillo is a great friend, missionary, uh, who has uh, been a part of the Dream Center, and he's inter- working with inner city kids and gangs, and so uh, he is, you're a legend. I just didn't even see the legend sitting over here, so thank you for joining us. That's a, that's a real treat. <clears throat> why we do what we do is extremely important, and yet we do so many things that we have no idea why we do them or where they originated from. We just do them because they've been passed down and I and you may be thinking, Well I don't, I know everything and why I do everything. But I would probably and I would well I'll jump out there. I'll say a hundred percent of us okay, I'm really I don't ever do this. Do something in your life every single year and you don't really know why. You do it or where it comes from. How many of you have a birthday? Every single one of us. How many of us have had a birthday cake with candles? Now, how many of us can tell you why, other than getting a wish, where that originated from, blowing out candles? Where did that come from? But we do it. We don't know. We did it as a kid. Our parents did it as a, as a kid. They were raised out and so forth. Now I know what you're thinking. Okay, now I'm going to get the answer of why we blow out the candles. No, I don't know why. <laughs> I'm right there with you. I don't know. I'm sure there's a reason, but we do a lot of things that we don't we, we don't know why. And uh, here's another one. You ready? Groundhog Day. Anybody else confused why a groundhog can predict the weather or why we even have that? What is that about? And yet that makes new, the news every year. You know. Um, there, there's just certain things in our culture in our lives that we just kind of go through a routine We go through a, pra- a pattern because that's what our parents did. That's what our that's just what we've grown up doing now There are things that happen in church that we do for a reason, but we don't know why they why, why we do it We don't know why we pray with our eyes closed you, you know many of you know that I pray with my eyes open. I like to do that now we we say pray with your eyes closed because it helps distract you know keep us from distractions and things like that. But I I like to pray with my eyes open and that might be a little bit creepy if you make eye contact with me. In fact, I'm hoping that we make eye contact because then I get to pray directly over you. But there's things that we do in our church services that can be a little confusing. Last time we talked about singing. Why do we do this? Why do we sing? Is it something that is really biblical? Is it something that's really that important? Do I have to? What's the point? You know, sometimes we just think, okay, we come here, we sing, we, get, we sing three songs. I don't know why we do that. And then we go into uh, uh, the the message. Well, there's a real reason why we do that. It's a biblical aspect. We learned last time that biblically, it's, it's throughout uh, God's word. We see that it's a natural response. Singing is a natural thing. And when you're happy and you're joyous, you, you sing. Little kids especially are very good about expressing with the joy of that's in their heart with song. Jackson and Joey both will sing when they're happy. They don't sing when they're angry. They, right, they sing a different tone. Um, but that's just a natural experience. Or uh, expression of what's inside of you. And God will place his joy inside of you. And then that will come out in a song a lot of times. And we also see that it's a spiritual thing. When the uh, biblical and natural experience merge. There's an extremely important um, spiritual connection that is being tapped into and so in our services um we are identifying why we do what we do and there's a reason behind this because i believe that the power one of the most powerful moments that we get to have is shared on sunday morning we never want to think that Sunday morning is just something that we do because we just do it or what we've done. No, there is an important aspect to your spiritual journey that happens here every single week. We are praying for an encounter. We are praying for God to do a movement in your life that you haven't experienced. And there's a reason why God moves differently here than he does at home. Because there is an elevated faith uh, 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 element here between all of us that when we are together in co- uh, a common unity like communion, we are in agreement. Faith begins to be supercharged. It begins to be shared. And when you're in the midst of two or three, the presence of God begins to fall in just a different aspect. You have someone who is willing to be standing in the gap for prayer with you, over you, agreeing with you. Perhaps there's scripture verses that are being brought to you that you are able to digest and learn something new from each other. You have something to share. You have something to give. And you have something to receive on Sunday morning and I hope that you are coming you are coming on Sunday morning with the anticipation to give and to receive to give and to receive I say give And typically we don't think about Sunday morning as the opportunity to give because we like to come and receive. And that is equally as important as giving. But God has brought us together because He has spoken something into your heart that may be specific to someone else. And I hope, I hope and pray that you are preparing your heart through the week to see somebody that you may not know and totally freak them out and say, brother, I don't know you, but God knows you. He sees you. And I just feel that God has this word for you. Maybe that's an opportunity that you've missed because you have been coming just to receive. The dangers of coming to church in just the attitude of receiving will begin to creep in the destruction of a consuming church. And a consuming church is essentially an entitled church. So it's nothing to do with my message, but but it's still true. And it does because we need to come prepared and knowing why we do what we do. When we understand why we as a church, and I'm saying New Life North, I use the church as a very broad term, as the church that's global. And I'm specifically talking about us as this family. New Life Northview, it's going to be important for us to know why we're coming here, the reasons why you're here, and that we are expecting to grow, to receive, and to give. And that you have a purpose and a job to do. And sometimes that is um, being a part of the body and serving in ministry. And I believe every single one of us is in ministry in some shape or form. He's called you out. But when we know why we are doing, there's a freedom and authenticity and genuineness is born out of understanding. When you don't know what you're doing and you follow through with just actions and no heart, then there begins to be a false activity. We do not want to have a false activity anywhere near our aspect of worship in our time here together. Or in your personal life, I think we're in agreement, we're in this because we believe that there is something genuine to be experienced, and there is. A lot of times, doubt will settle in because we begin to do things that we recognize we're just doing it. We want to protect ourselves from that settling in So we have a complete understanding of what you're here to do and experience. We had experienced singing and worship. And hopefully, as we understand more, our level of spirituality, of God's spirit saturating. And the understanding of that, our services will begin to have an increase of him. There's an increase of knowledge and an increase of spirit. And we serve the Lord our God with our heart, with our soul, and with our mind. God has given us a mind to think. and We need to think about some of the things that we're doing. So, to not leave you hanging for too long. Today we're going to talk about altar calls. Why do we have altar calls? It's a very interesting concept and very confusing to some people who step foot into the church, who may not know what an altar call is. In fact, it may conjure up some images or some feelings of... Something that is pagan worship. They come in and we hear an altar call and that just doesn't sound right. Come to the altar, put it on the altar, place your problems on the altar. What does that mean? Why do we reference it? Is it important? Isn't that just an Old Testament reference where they would sacrifice bulls and calves? And since Jesus came, isn't that all done with now? Why do churches have altars? Some churches do have altars where it's built as a raised platform. You may see this in some of the churches where it's um, uh, raised up there's a specific area where people will kneel and pray or have communion or come to the altar and have a, the wedding and there's ceremonies and there's things that are positioned specifically physically at the altar we have built these steps at just here like this because this is basically the steps before jesus this is the the, the altar placing it down at jesus's feet and i'll tell you right now If you're questioning if the validity or the reason why we're having uh, altars, altar calls at church, if that's something that will ever go away, it won't here. Altar calls are extremely important and they're vanishing from churches. It is a crucial part of a decision-making process in people's lives. And the opportunity to call people out is going away because we don't want to step on people's toes. We don't want to make people feel uncomfortable in church. We are all about making people feel as comfortable as possible. Obviously, we don't operate this way because you're sitting on a hard chair. And I do that on purpose so I can keep my time on my message. I know when it's about done when I see people moving around or getting. They say when the, when the when the I'm going to say this when the butt gets dumb the brain goes numb. That's how I know you know so. So our time is limited. Help me. Where was I? Uncomfortable. New Life Northview Church family, can I just say, I want to call you out of being comfortable. I don't want to just do that once a year. I, I, I'm hoping that this is something that we do together every single week. Every time that we gather, I hope that there's a new challenge. Uncomfortable doesn't mean, do, doesn't have to mean awkward. It's just challenge. I don't want to get away from the challenge. Jesus gave some big challenges. And I get just a little bit of emotion, uh, uh, emotional because I see life change happening so much. And as I'm looking, I'm seeing life change in you. And I never want to get away from the challenge because when there's no challenge, there's no change. No opportunity for change. Change happens in the challenge. Jesus understood this when he called out the disciples. And sometimes that challenge happens publicly. And most of the time, Jesus challenged his followers and those who he was preaching to publicly. And it wasn't just a one-time thing. You see, we don't treat... Let me back up. Sometimes we treat Christianity or a relationship with God as a one-time event. It's not an event, it's a process. And Jesus is all about bringing you into a process of the relationship with God. And that process is met with challenges. And every challenge, there's a process of growth spiritually in your life. And we better thank God for those challenges in our life. Because He's producing perseverance in your life. He is producing Faith in your life. He is producing things that are greater in your life now because of the challenges that he is calling you into now. That is going to create a greater result, result of faith and hope in your life after that. But we've got to be willing to be challenged And don't give up in our faith when the challenge comes because God is producing some great things in your life personally and I want to elevate that here in our services and call out a challenge in every single one of us. It's good. Some of us might be uncomfortable with this because it is easier to not be challenged. But it's never better. When I hear that being a Christian is boring, it's because something's missing. And you probably already know what the word is. The challenge is gone. They stop taking risks for God. They stop challenging themselves. They stop receiving a challenge and taking the action. This is the heart of the altar. The, New, the Old Testament, New Testament was referencing the altar many times. If you read through scripture, if you're reading through your Bible, if you're reading for devotions, I want you to keep that in mind, how many times you read over the word altar. It's going to change the perspective, hopefully, today. When you read that word, it might mean something just a little bit different Today. I want us to kind of highlight what that means. The, the, the term or the word altar is referenced 400 times throughout the Bible. The first time that we see reference of the altar, although it's not specifically called the altar, is with Cain and Abel when they were bringing their offerings over to God. There's something that happens in an altar call that we see every single time. Number one is that a, an altar call or a call to the altar, Old Testament or reference even in the New Testament is this, is a call of action. See, they had to build that altar. They knew what they were doing. They had to build it on wood or stone or the earth. And they were calling for action. And there is an action on their part. Every altar call, there's an action. There's an activity. There is something that we do in the process of coming to God. How many of us have missed that? Man, there's missing in the church where we are calling out and say, I'm ready to be active. I'm ready for my faith to be activated. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to do. We don't like that word. And anytime your faith is activated, God meet, meets that altar call of the heart. Altar call with a, the action with a response 100% of the time. And if God meets us 100% of the time of the activity part of faith in our heart going towards God in that altar moments he responds with life altering movements of his spirit and the altering movements is what changes you and the altering movements is what challenges you to change and sometimes that challenge is a spiritual challenge and not a mental or emotional challenge but it's meant by God's word that is challenging you outside of what you think what you believe or what you feel How many of you know the greatest challenges sometimes are the ones that you don't feel like doing? And yet most of the time we take the challenge that we feel like doing. Jesus, as he... Uh, it's the beginning of the New Testament. He came, and we, I'm so thankful we did communion today because we get to talk about the altar. The altar of the Old Testament was a bloody place sacrificing bulls and calves and that was the place where innocent creature had the life blood every living creature that, that it has a blood the, the life-giving blood that's what gives them life so there was innocent creatures uh, bulls and calves especially for what they call a sin offering people who were guilty of sinning against God could not just come to God they had to find a calf or bull, and lead it up, slaughter it, and place it onto the altar. This was their blood transfusion. Their unrighteousness became righteous because something innocent took its place, took your place, Something that was outside of the decision making on your end stood in the gap and paid the penalty and was put to death on your behalf and was offered up to God. And because of that innocent life that was killed and slaughtered, now you became innocent. A trade. And you can see the picture that is painted for Jesus Christ as he came and walked voluntarily to the altar of the cross. He was slaughtered like a lamb. He was the spotless lamb. He was the sacrifice. He's your redeemer. His blood is the new covenant. He came to fulfill the law. He came to reinstate a righteousness in you that you could not do on your own. Somebody had to step in the place of your sin. Jesus is innocent without sin, saw you in the darkest place of sin where you turned your back. And said, this is for you. And he stretched his arms. Willingly on the cross. To make a new agreement. Between you and God. And so when you. Rene- re- when you proclaim. Jesus, that's God's son. In faith. You become righteous. In faith. In God's eyes. Because he became The sacrifice, the only person on earth who is ever innocent enough and worthy enough. That is God's son who had the power and the authority to do that. The altar calls. Are still here. The altar calls and the stepping out is still here. Why? Why? Because it's still needed. The only difference is the altar was physical. God rearranged that and put that in your soul. Our hearts come to God, and our hearts lining up with action. The altar call is about action, activity, and response. There's three types of altar calls that you may experience here in our services on Sunday morning. And there's a few that that we have, but these are the three primary ones. And you can write these down because it's going to be important for us to just remember this. Number one, number one, number one, number one. I got your attention? Number one altar call will always be the most important altar call of them all. And it's the altar call of repentance. It's the word that churches, quite honestly, are getting away from. It's the word that we don't like to talk about or to preach about because it's all about repenting from our sin, which is another word that we don't even want to identify with. We don't want preachers to preach about it anymore because it makes us uncomfortable when we talk about sin. In fact, the NIV version, the newer versions, they were contemplating. I think they even took out some of those word of the word sin in the translation because it was too much. We have got to be in a place where people, where God is still given the opportunity to call out sin in people's lives and to make a change through the challenge of stepping out. The reason why we say it's important to raise our hand, to stand up and to move forward. The reason why we do that is sometimes we need to beat our body into submission Beat our flesh into submission, so that we can gain spiritually. Sometimes it's going to be too uncomfortable for you to step out because all those eyes are watching you, and it's a public place. But that's exactly what God was calling. That's exactly what John the Baptist was doing. That's exactly what Jesus was doing when He was calling them out. John the Baptist was baptizing people who were converting over to Jesus, to God, in a new way, and they were they were facing all the Pharisees on the on the banks. I was watching them being baptized with ridicule, possibly facing death as they walked out of that water. If we want a strong church, and I know that you, you do and I do, we've got to be bold in our spiritual decision making. You see, I think that the definition of making a decision for Christ has altered just a little bit in the wrong way. Sometimes. When we say, I made a decision for Christ, now I can go do whatever I want to do, I can be whatever I want to be, I have a free, get into heaven, free, the decision, it's comfortable, we don't want to do that. Now certainly God can move right where you're at. And he moves in the secret places. He moves in the closet. That's, that's God does that. But we don't want to miss out on what God is already speaking to someone's heart. And giving them an opportunity to make a declaration of their faith publicly. Why do we do that? Because it creates an accountability with witnesses. That's you and I. It creates an opportunity for them to hold onto their faith just a little bit stronger. Because they know that they made a decision. Let's get back into that practice of making a decision for Christ. And when we make a decision, we're gonna make our yes be yes and our no be no, correct? We're not going to preach watered down messages. We're not going to preach lukewarm messages. We're going to preach right and wrong. We're not going to teach that evil is good and that good is evil. We're not going to do that. We're going to preach the uncomfortable truths of God's word that is sometimes offensive and will move people in the wrong direction because they can't handle the truth. I think that's a movie quote. But that's okay. You see, Jesus, his teachings were so radical that many disciples left because they couldn't grasp when he was teaching about his blood and his flesh. Sometimes God needs to sift the sand in the church to make a more powerful and dynamic church body And a calling out. And a calling forward and making a decision. Making a decision at the altar and coming forward is a place of encounter. It's a place of intercession. It's a place of prayer. It's a place of worship. It's a place of covenant. It's a place where God is moving. It's a call to repentance. I didn't read this scripture verse, and I apologize. This is Genesis chapter 35. Sometimes we need to have a call to remove some things out of our lives. This is exactly what happened at the altar call with Jacob. God said to Jacob, arise, go up to Bethel and dwell there. Make an altar there to the God who appeared to you when you fled from your brother Esau. So Jacob said to his household, said to everybody there, and to all who were who were uh, with him. Put away your foreign gods that are among you and purify yourselves and change your garments. There are some things that we need to change. There are some there's things that we need to get rid of. There are some things that have taken place in our lives that have become more important than our worship to God. There are things in our life that we just have allowed to enter into our house that we have to get rid of. And people are coming through those doors and they've got all sorts of junk that they need to get rid of. And they need to put on a new clothes and it's clothes of righteousness. Not of themselves or their works, but it's by the grace of God alone so that no one can boast. repentance is all about getting rid of the junk it's about getting rid of the idols it's about getting rid of the things that do not belong in your life our lives those lives of the people that we have not yet met who are on their way to filling a seat in here we are praying for them and they have junk in their lives and they want to be set free from that yes we still say that word set free And delivered. And they come in here. I hope that you're praying. That people experience. God's deliverance. Over their lives. As we come together. For a call. For a greater. A greater step forward. In the right direction towards God. Number two. We have an altar call. For a call for power. One of the greatest Examples of God's power being demonstrated at the altar is, for me, by far, is Elijah, right? Elijah steps forward, and he's having this epic battle between the prophets of Baal, and they're going to prove the false god's power over his. And he puts them to the test and said, okay, let's see what your God can do. So they set up this altar and they begin to, to to pray and they begin to whip themselves. And they're bleeding and they're calling out louder and louder. And Elijah just begins to taunt them and mock them and say, maybe your God's on a bathroom break. Maybe you need to call louder. Right? I'm not saying this. He says, step aside, let me show you where the power of God comes at the altar. He says, I tell you what, I want you now to douse this this altar with the water that you have. Go get water that was precious. Because in that time, there was an extreme drought. And water was a precious commodity. They begin to pour buckets of water. And he says, guess what? Anytime that you bring something precious to God at the altar, he's going to deliver his power. And what do you have that's precious? It's your heart. So in 1 Kings 18, he prays this prayer. Oh, answer me, oh Lord, answer me. He's pleading with God. Remember, the altar is all about pleading before him. Now this people may know that you, O oh Lord, are God. And that you have turned their hearts back. Then the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt offering, the wood, and the stones, and the dust. It's like... It's like it just turned to lava. And it licked up the water that was in the trench. And when all the people saw it, they fell on their faces and said, The Lord, He is God. The Lord, He is God. There are times in your life that you don't have the power. You don't have the authority. You don't have what it takes to get an answer from God that you're looking for. That you're needing. You need power that is outside of your ability. Why? Because you are fighting a spiritual war that is unseen in your life. And God steps in when you call upon his name for power and begins to fight the war that you can't fight. Those things that you're battling with, that you've been trying to battle by yourself... You need to call upon God and his fire, his power will come upon you and will begin to step before you. The battle belongs to the Lord in the spiritual realm. And so we begin to ask God, fight with your power, not by my power. And he will fight for you in those things that you do see. But mostly it's the things that you don't see. You see, we begin to see the outcome Of these things that we are not seeing in the spiritual realm being manifested of what's behind the scenes. Does that make sense? Hopefully I said that in a way that's clear. But God is ready to fight for you. Are you willing to come to the altar and ask for his power to do the work? Luke chapter 3. Remember, this is John the Baptist talking about Jesus answering them all, saying, I baptize you with water, but he who is mightier than I is coming. The the, the strap of whose sandals I am not worthy to untie, he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Jeremiah 23, is not my word like fire? The word that you hold in your hand, the Bible that you have, is like fire. It's powerful. It's consuming, declares the Lord. And it's like a hammer that breaks the rock into pieces. Man, that, my, my word's got power is what he's saying. You better call upon the power of God because we're relying too much on the power of ourselves. of The power of our own thinking, of our own understanding. We've got to stop that. We've got to lean upon his ways. The fire, the desire... Some of us have a passion that's outside of the natural. You have a passion and a zeal that comes from the Spirit of God. That's the Holy Spirit that's working inside of you. It's a desire, it's a burden for the lost that's outside of you. It's something you never had or experienced before, but because of God placing that inside of you, you have a new destination, you have a new goal, and it's the kingdom of God first. And all those other things that you had worried about before, guess what, they're coming into alignment because you have the right priorities in your life. Can I just release you? We can clap. (laughs) That wasn't a bag of response for me, but that was a release for you. That when you hear that, you go right ahead. We're comfortable in this place because I could sense it in you. I, I see it. Number three, last one, is a call for worship. We love to worship the one true God. Why? Because he is worthy of what? Your praise. And you may say, I'm not worthy to praise him. Yeah, you're not. But he is. And we need to eliminate ourselves and begin to praise him with our lips, with an understanding of faith of who he is in us and not you in you. Because we could sometimes put a block or a hurdle inside of our hearts and say, well, I know what I did this week. I can't praise him. Well, when you're reminded of that, you confess to him what you did. And he obliterates that and washes you white as the snow. And he qualifies you in an instant through his grace. And therefore, praise begins to bounce right back to God. And in that praise to God, he begins to speak something deep inside of you. And that's a greater understanding of his forgiveness and power and passion in your life. So when you are set up for temptation that the devil will bring by the fiery darts, that shield of faith will come in play because God will remind you all things in him and he will protect your heart and he will give you an opportunity every single time 100% of the time a way out it's only this time you will begin to see it and recognize it and take the action because of your heart that has professed Jesus as Lord over your life wow Exodus 17 and Moses built an altar and called the name of it the Lord is my banner This is the aspect of worship. The altar is a place where we come and we simply just adore him. We simply just speak his name. We simply just put our attention on him. We look to him. We rest in him. We thank him. We sing to him. We praise him for the blessings that we have in our life. We we bless him for the challenges that we have in our life. We recognize his hand in our life. We admit control over us. We admit our weakness and his strength. We acknowledge his love over us and we confess our love over to him. If you don't know what to say when you come to the altar, just say thank you. Just say hallelujah. Just begin to let God move his spirit upon you. Ask and worship him. And God will always respond with that. He responds with his presence. Jeremiah, you will seek me and you will find me when you seek me with all your heart. James, draw near to me and I will draw near you. To you, These are promises from God that he will not leave you nor forsake you when you look to him. When you are ready to look to him, he's going to be found by you. This is the call that we have in our life. We have a call for repentance. We have a call for power. We have a call for worship in our lives. And can I just say? here in this family that we are going to be called out to step out because God is moving and changing in you and there is always something he is wanting to do in all of us and I am excited for that so why do we have altar calls because power is happening when we surrender When we plead, when we take action, and we're ready for a response from God. Amen? Let's stand together. We're gonna close. And of course, we're gonna we're gonna close with an action. We have the song. But I want us to be ready to be active. Because I know that God is already moving inside you. We sense it. We see it. We know it. And some of us haven't taken an action like this. And it might be a little scary. Some of us are, are comfortable with it. We're ready to come front, up front. I'm calling for an action to the altar. The altar is this place up front. It's stepping out of your seat. It's stepping out of the comfort zone. It's coming up here and meeting him with your needs, with your request. It's coming up here with your praise. It's coming up here with your problems. It's coming up here with with, with, with your worship. It's coming up here with the things that you need to confess to God. Whatever that is, at this moment I want you to step out and come to the front. If this is you, now's your time. Do not miss this. This is an altar call that comes forward. It's an altar call to come to meet God and let Him respond to you in the way that He's going to respond. If there's a challenge in front of you, this is where we give it over to God and he will take it and turn it into change right up here. We'll just make a way right here. God just makes a way. Come on up here, Alan. Martha. It's good. You can kneel. You can stand. You can pray with a brother. You can rest. What I want to do is I want to pray specifically for you. Before I do, I'm going to ask God to give me the words to be able to pray adequately enough for you. A lot of times my words get out of the way. So bear with me for a personal prayer. God, I need your help. Give me the words to speak that speaks directly into their lives. Lord, let it not be my words. Let it be yours. As you do the work, Holy Spirit, you move in this place in their hearts and their minds. You know what needs to be said in Jesus' name. those of you who have come forward you came up for a reason there's a purpose the reason why you came up here is because you need an encounter with God you're desiring something for more and perhaps you've already been in uh, having more from God and he just has more and there's something that he's still doing he's still moving and there's some things that he wants to show you and reveal to you that is different than what you had thought previously there are some things in your life that you have seen god and he's going to confirm and reaffirm in you what he's already spoken years ago and there's some things that god wants to speak into your life of faith that in whether doubt has come in that he will shatter that with his spirit of passion there's some things of truth that are going to be spoken in here Lord God, there have been revealing in hearts where there has been lies that have been spoken, where openness is going to be uh, a revealing your word, your truth in a new way. I pray for a comfort in the name of Jesus, God, where somebody is brokenhearted and they have been for way too long and they're needing your rest in the name of Jesus. God, there's direction where they have been seeking a specific direction and a specific plan, but are confused on which plan to take, where you're at. God, I pray for a recognition of you, of where you are leading them, creating them a direct line of path of understanding of where they need to go to next in their life. God, an awareness and a deepening of you, A level of love that they have not sensed before in their entire life. And this love will motivate them to do greater things for you. And Because when trials come, they will always be able to bounce back to to sensing and experiencing a love that is from you, God, over them that is not from themselves. And it is an understanding of love that is deeper than human understanding. And a unity... I pray for a family that has been struggling. There's a family that's been struggling with their kids. And I feel that those kids need to be put on the altar just as Abraham put them on the altar. And when that sacrifice was there, God delivered God stepped in, but he had to be willing to go and lay him before God. Jesus, speak to hearts in a new way. Confirm, challenge, call us out. Lord, there is people up here, one person individually, I, I believe, that is up here. For a confession of faith over sin. It's been too much. It's been too long. It's been too confusing. They're done with it. They're done with it. They've sought you. But it seems to be coming at their door continually. And God they're coming up here. As a confession of faith. That you are going to break that chain. Today in the name of Jesus God. And that sin will not have the appealing desire as it had before in the past. And that will be the difference is the spirit of God's passion and love that is more for Jesus than it was for that sin. There's a greater love. God, I pray for every single person here that has made themselves available to you to make a change in this challenge, Lord, making it public, making a uh, a demonstration, a decision today, God, I ask that you meet them. I ask that you give them the power of your Holy Spirit to move upon their hearts and transforming their minds, Jesus, to a greater way of thinking towards you, open and reveal to them spiritual truths as they open up your word, God, Lord, as they hear sermons being preached on the radio, that they'll be able to understand deeper things and know that you are in that spirit. Speaking to them. Lord God, I ask that you will begin on this process, Lord, and it's not an event, but it's a journey that you are bringing them into the next area where Peter stepped out of the boat that was scary and the waves were crashing. He stepped out all the while that Jesus knew that he would have to catch him. And it's the same way with you. You're going to step out into a scary place and you may begin to feel like you're sinking, but Jesus is still there and he's going to catch you at the last minute. In the name of Jesus, we offer our lives over to you again and again, over and over. As a sacrifice, we are a living sacrifice over to you, Jesus. Our bodies up here are yours in Jesus' name. Now, I want you to repeat after me with your voice. Because I believe in speaking words of God, words of faith, to counteract the devil and what he's speaking to you in your hearts. There's more power when we confess with our mouth that's biblical we start out with pro- pro- proclaiming where your power comes from and that's in Jesus name so repeat after me jesus i have power in your name satan, satan you are defeated you are no more, are no more. temptation is, gone. Temptation is gone. Chains gone chains are gone walls are broken And I am set free from the prison. God, I need your forgiveness. I need your grace. I need your love. I need it all. My life is yours. My life is yours. In Jesus' name, I stand in victory. In Jesus' name, we set together. Amen. 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 There is stepping out and stepping up. Now it's time to let God do the work in your life as you've stepped out and stepped up. Amen. Live in the victory of what happened here today. Bless, blessings upon you. He will bless you. He will be there for you. You have sought him, but he has seen you. He has known you. He has seen your heart. He knows that you've been searching after him and he has found you and he knows that you are here in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. We're going to sing this last song, but you are dismissed. Have a wonderful, wonderful evening. If you want to stay, you can stay.